The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. One night in Edmonton, we were out on the town, and there was a guy by the name of Bane Nori. How about that? Bane says, I did I ever tell you guys about the night I was out with the uh, Rolling Stones? And I'm like, come on! What was Mick Jagger like? And he's like, well, no, no, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards weren't there. It was the rest of the band. And I hit the floor. You weren't with the Rolling Stones then, Bane. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are the Rolling Stones. <laughs> exactly. Like This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the RP Show. Hope you're ready to uh, bring in the new week hot. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to throw a few curveballs at you. So just hang on to your bingo cards. In moments, we're going to be joined by one of the finest broadcasters in the land. Jim Lang will be joining us from uh, Toronto, Ontario. He'll be co-hosting for Hour 1. A little later on, Brent Sopel is going to join us, former... Uh, well, Stanley Cup champion with Chicago, former Montreal Canadian, Vancouver Kidaki. has got a very interesting take on the Bruce Boudreaux situation. You're not going to want to miss the Brent Sopel chat. In an hour or two, Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest Canadian NFLers ever, and one of the greatest human beings ever, John Ryan, pro sports owner. Our good friend JR is going to be joining us in an hour or two. Super Bowl champion, by the way, with the Seattle Seahawks. He'll be with us in an hour or two. But let's bring in uh, Jim Clubber Lang and... Uh, Jim Lang, listen, Jimmy, I don't know if you know the format of the show, because you're always on talking NFL, but I know that you can sink your teeth into some of the quick six show topics that we have here. Are you good with talking some hockey? Please bring it, bring it. Okay, all right. Director Jordan, can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Honey, let's get down to it. Yeah, when I said I'm throwing curveballs at you, it's because the whole world, at least where I am at, saw Florida's talking about the NFL. We ain't. Not right now. The Vancouver Canucks trailing the Colorado Avalanche by 14 points for the second wild card in the NHL Western Conference are going to roll out new coach Rick Tockett Tuesday when they host the Chicago Blackhawks. The 58-year-old Tockett, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Arizona Coyotes, stepped into the role Sunday, promising to improve the Canucks' trust structure and culture he replaces bruce boudreau who won the jack adams trophy as the league's best coach in 2008 now i was listening to nhl radio this morning i've been watching all the highlights reading everything jim lang there's really only one story being told about bruce boudreau and he's a good guy he's been on this show and it's that he got the shaft in vancouver poor bruce they serenaded him at rogers place rogers arena the other night in the loss to the orders and now he's moved on they've uh, treated him like the well you can imagine worse <laughs> than ever and uh, he's moved on and now Rick Tockett takes over. So I, clearly I've got a lot of thoughts. I would love to know yours on the mess that is the Vancouver Canucks. Well, it's been absolutely shameful the way Bruce Boudreaux was treated by the Canucks. However, wrong. A week from now, yeah. Bruce is going to look at the Canucks and Rick Tockett and be sipping uh, Ryan Cole and go, thank God I'm not there anymore. Because I don't care what coach is there. You really think that hiring Rick Tockett now is going to flip the switch and flip the script for the Vancouver Canucks. 
It's an absolute disaster, and they need wholesale changes. And maybe Jim Rutherford's not the right the GM for that team. And maybe you need everything top to bottom. Because right now, can you imagine what it's like in that dressing room? Could you imagine getting on that team plane? Do you want to talk about a toxic work environment and no fun, at least in Colorado? I mean, it's been an up-and-down year. You're like, hey, we got a ring, and we got talent, and we know what we're doing, and we got at least a path to get out of this. What path did the Canucks have? This is one of the most painful, embarrassing, uh, unprofessional handling of a coaching firing in the history of pro sports, not just the NHL. And now Rick Pocket gets thrown into an impossible situation. So unless Rick Tockett and the Canucks go 8-2-1 in the next 11 games, like uh, Tockett's a failure. It's, it's Why did they hire him? He can't win. The team can't win. And somewhere Bruce Boudreaux got paid out and is going to be a week from now sitting somewhere with a drink in his hand going, oh, yes. Because everyone loves Bruce Boudreaux and his stock has just gone up the way he handled the, every, the, way he handled the exit. I mean, he's more popular now than he was before he got fired. Right. Okay. So Allie in Texarkana watching, she says, uh, morning rod squad. I really hate it for Bruce. Wish him nothing but the best. Don Tessier writes in, says, good morning, Rod and crew. Another great day on the way. Don from Mydale, Saskatchewan, home of the Johnner Brothers fame country music duo. And I got to give a shout out from Ryan O'Radio, WQEE Rock in Metro Atlanta carrying the show. Jim, I'm not sure. I'm sure I told you that we're on the air in Atlanta every day. We're getting a lot of uh, mail from our viewers and listeners down there. They love the hockey talk. So I want to just say this. I don't know if you followed. We're on television all across BC and Alberta. Tell us cable carrier TELUS cable channel 924 start spreading the news we're talking canucks and coming up flames so hang on we'll get to that but you mentioned jim rutherford the president of the canucks the general manager is patrick elvin who nobody really knows although he had to address the media yesterday the poor guy um rutherford said and i want your take on this he apologized for bruce with the way this went down but he didn't really apologize it was sort of like I apologize for robbing the bank. No, you apologize because you got caught. Because if you didn't get caught, you wouldn't be apologizing for anything. And Rutherford said, oh, sometimes I'm too blunt. Sometimes I'm too honest. So in the future, I'll be more tight-lipped. Did you see that? He goes, I've been getting messages from a lot of people saying this has been way overplayed. You're not apologizing for anything. You're apologizing that it got leaked. He also said when Bruce Boudreau was hired, they were talking to him while we still had a coach. He wasn't apologizing for anything. Now, people lose their jobs all the time. I've lost mine. You've lost yours. 12,000 people from Google lost theirs Friday morning. Okay? I didn't get $2 million like Boost Boudreaux's getting. So, let me back up for a second. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Do you think Rick Tockett can turn the Vancouver Canucks around? And our polls for Capital Automall with dealerships all across the Canadian prairies and the state of California. Last I looked, 72% on Twitter saying no, he won't be able to turn the Vancouver Canucks around. I did the math, Jim. They got 36 games to go. They're 14 points out. They're done. And here's the thing. I think Tockett's a great coach. He got the Coyotes into the playoffs. He got him into the play-in round. Remember the in the Edmonton bubble? They beat Nashville on that little best-of-five series and then, you know, got into the round of 16. So Tockett is a good coach but i'm not sure a good coach can win in a toxic bad dysfunctional environment like this so i'm gonna vote no too 
What are you? Oh, it's no, no, a thousand times over. Part of the problem in the NHL with the point system is gaining space and climbing up the standings is hard now. Because you could say, say by some miracle, they go eight and two. Well, if teams ahead of them go six and four, you barely make any ground. So you'd have to hope for like five or six teams out west go 0 for 15. Well, you like that's not possible. Like the math just doesn't work for Vancouver. And Rick Tockett, who is has respect and is considered a decent coach among current and ex people and uh, players and coaches in the in the NHL, is now put in an impossible situation. The fan base doesn't want him there. A lot of the players probably don't want him there. So he's got to win the locker room. He's got to win the city over. He's not going to be able to do that by the end of the season. This is going to take an offseason, yeah. a training camp, and maybe just maybe by next year, they're a bit of a competitive team. But right now, uh, heading to the end of January, thinking about the deadline and everything going on and looking where they are in the standings, I mean, just to make it to 500 would be an accomplishment for the Canucks, and that's not getting you into the playoffs. Uh, biggest Canucks fan I know is Kevin the Medium uh, in Airdrie writes it and says he's a 475 winning percentage. That isn't a good coach. Uh, yeah, but he's had bad teams. So that's the misnomer there, which we can get into another time. Uh, we believe that Rick Tockett is a good head coach. But again, you mentioned what the players must be thinking. I saw the quotes after the game Saturday night. Bruce's last game, they said, we didn't know whether to raise our sticks in the air, tap them on the ice, skate around, or go off the ice. Like, that, that's dysfunction right there. Well, you, okay, and and then you're it? expecting them, to, yeah. you're expecting yeah. them to show up to practice like, okay, we got a new coach, no big deal. They're human beings. It doesn't work that way. Some of them probably developed a bond with Bruce Boudreaux, liked him, liked him as a person, as a coach, and now they're not, they don't live in a bubble. They saw how it was handled. They're having conversations with their agent, too. Don't kick yourself. You don't think of pending free agents like, get me out of here? You don't think there's some talented players like, can you make sure that my name is included in trade names for the trade deadline? I would think there's a lot of players in the Canucks, Vancouver Canucks right now would like to get a parachute and get out of there and go anywhere but what they're going to go through. Because, I mean, realistically, like think, look at what they have talent-wise and look at the competition out west. Are they turning it around even next year? I mean, I don't see it. They're, I saw them live here in Sunrise two Saturdays ago. They're actually a pretty talented team. They should not be this bad. So, one last thing. This reeks of dysfunction from Pierre Lebrun on Twitter. They're still paying Travis Green $2.75 million this year. This was the guy <laughs> they fired two coaches ago. They're paying Bruce Boudreaux yeah. $2 million this year, and they're paying Rick Tockett $2.75 million <laughs> this year prorated so that just right there what more do you need to know okay and that's why i don't well rod you get a good no card for seven million dollars yeah. these days uh did the leaf you know you, well yeah but no but i mean seven million dollars should get you a pretty good coach that's how much they're paying for yeah. one coach right now add them all up that's what they pay, paid mike babcock yeah. what's he doing these days in toronto well anyways hey hang on we're moving on by the way, NFL coming up, Brooke Henderson and NBA. But number two, Johnny Goodrow makes his return to Calgary tonight. Ding, 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 as the Blue Jackets visit the Flames. Johnny played nine seasons in Calgary before signing a lucrative long-term deal with Columbus as a free agent. Johnny Hockey has 44 points in 46 games this season for the last place Blue Jackets. He is an Eastern Conference All-Star. He's the only Blue Jacket All-Star that will be playing here in Sunrise the weekend of February 3rd and 4th, and I'll be there. Can't wait. 
Johnny's going to get booed tonight, just so you know, Jim. So I wonder. Matthew Kachuk, it's kind of similar but kind of different. Uh, he left two days after Johnny. And when he went in with Florida a month or so ago, he got a polite applause. But all he did was he was straight up about it. And he said, I'm going to tell you guys, I got one year left and I don't want to be back after that. So trade me right flipping now. And he was straight up about it. Johnny really wasn't. He packed his U-Haul in the middle of the night and took off to Columbus. The details of all that story haven't really, I don't think, come out. But the Calgary fans feel spurned, Jim. You guys have gone through it in Toronto quite a few times, not just the Leafs, but other teams in that city. So it'll be interesting to watch what goes on in the Saddledome tonight. Um, Rod, I mean, at the end of the day, the Calgary Flames fans can be upset and boom all they want. Players are independent contractors. And for a lot of their career, they're treated like meat by management and coaches. So when they have an opportunity yep. to make money and do decisions, they're going to do it. But well, I mean, it, it's not fair. Fans get emotionally attached to players. How could you leave our city? How could you leave our team? Yeah. Isn't this enough money? You have to understand, they are an injury away from never playing their perspective sport again, ever. And right now in pro sports, uh, there is very few athletes that play the duration of their career in one team in one city. If they get enough money, they're going to go. And we've seen it in every single sport in pro sports right now, the money they throw around. Well, look at the baseball free agency we just went through. You're not leaving for $150, $200, 300000000 dollars you could talk about loyalty all you want, but if you start getting offered enough money, you leave. That That's just a reality. I mean, and the people that boo, if a, a opposing company offered them double or triple their salary with benefits and pension, you don't think they're going to think about going? Because that kind of money changes yeah. your family. For sure. But in this case, number one, you've gone to the worst team in the National Hockey League. And number two, the Flames were offering... Fair money. I mean, Brad Living, the general manager at the time, threw his hands up and said, I've done every, we've done everything we can do to sign Johnny Hockey. He didn't want to be in Calgary. And the interesting thing, because I've heard from people in Columbus today, they're like, yeah. And I'm talking fans, not anybody with the Blue Jackets, but they're yeah. like, he'll get booed, but please don't trash Columbus as a city, Calgary. Right? Because they think that's coming. Why would you go there? Blah, 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 blah. Well, one of the greatest... The greatest day I've ever had in my life with my dad was in Columbus, Ohio. It's a nice town, and I think... It is. Yeah, I think Johnny probably would enjoy the anonymity that comes along with playing in Columbus, Ohio, because Calgary, not dissimilar to Toronto, is insane. I think he had it. Okay. I think that was the bottom Rob, line. think about this. Okay, he's, he's in a place, Columbus, where he probably can just go to dinner with his family and, for the most part, never be recognized, which is nice, as you say. And he's like a half a day's drive from his family, which are just east of Ohio in the New Jersey area. So he's not that far from home uh, when he wants to. So he's an East Coast guy. He's an Eastern U.S. guy, and he's in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, look, there are guys that, and players who leave American cities for Canadian cities because they want to get close to home. That's part of sports is sometimes you have families, you are know, like, you know, I, I, nothing against Calgary. Nothing get the flames, but I'd like to live somewhere else. That's an option that athletes have, and they exercise that option whenever they can. So you can't blame the Calgary people tonight for booing him. They'll be upset no. that they were spurned. They'll get it off their chest. 
and we'll see if everybody moves on. And I'm sure the Flames will trounce Columbus as they come off this win over Tampa Bay <laughs> oh, on Saturday. Yeah. When we come back, ball for all. Jim Lang sitting in for Darren DuPont here on Hour 1. On the way, Brent Sopel and John Ryan as well. It's the RP Show, and we're live on the Game Plus Television Network all across Canada and 31 U.S. states, including Ohio. Very big in the three C's, Cincinnati, Columbus. What's the other one? <laughs> uh, Cleveland. So Cleveland. 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 For the lake. Cleveland rocks. And live <laughs> on YouTube and 99.1 WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and uh, we are live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, and YouTube. And they want to talk, uh, well, we're going to get to the football. Sean is watching in Vancouver, B.C. on Game Plus Television. He says, I was at Saturday's Oilers Nucks Tilt. What a great crowd. 80% Oilers fans made it fun. Best atmosphere at Rogers Arena in a long time, I'd say. Yeah, for the road team, if you're an Oilers fan, which, by the way, you can always reach us. If we can bring in our co-host, Jim Clubber Lang here, you can always reach us at 902-518-3033 in the studio. By the way, those Oilers have won, what is it now, six in a row? Six in a row for the Edmonton Oilers? And but they still hold the first wild card spot. But they're like George and Wheezy, Jim, moving on up. Colorado's won five in a row, and they said eighth. The Flames are out as we sit today. But if when, not if when they beat Columbus tonight, they'll be back in well, playoffs. Okay, yeah, and, and Rod, yeah. real quick. I mean, Connor McDavid. If, if we always think that he's plateaued, like this is how many points he's probably going to get in a season, and he's on pace now to shatter his own records. I mean. It, that's how good he's been this year. Consistently good. Consistently productive. I saw a thing the other day that said, will he hit 40 goals before the NHL All-Star break? Which, incidentally, is in two weeks. He hit 40 yeah. last week. <laughs> like he just, yeah, okay. NFL playoffs. Uh, we'll go through the entire weekend here in San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey scored on a go-ahead two-yard run in the fourth quarter. And the 49ers defense did the rest, sending the 49ers to their second straight NFC title game mm. with a 19-12 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers used back-to-back -back long scoring drives in the second half to wear down the Cowboys and win their 12th straight game. San Fran advanced to play the Eagles in the NFC title game. Cowboys lost for their record seventh straight time in the divisional round and have failed to make it to the NFC title game since winning their fifth Super Bowl following the 1995 season. Dakota Prescott threw two interceptions, and Brett Maher missed his fifth extra point of the postseason when his attempt was blocked. He later made two field goals. So we'll spend a minute there before we move on to the Bengals and Bills and the other games. My guy Jack is watching in Vulcan, Alberta. He's texted my personal line, and he says, Sunday was every Cowboys fan's, diehard fan's worst nightmare. Failure at its finest. Elliott in its center? Schultz failing to get a second foot down on fourth down? Just... Wow. Well, I don't even, I didn't even know where to start, Rod, because the, the final play of that game was one of the most ill-conceived plays 
I've ever seen at that point. But it never should have come to that. And, and if I'm a Cowboys fan or I'm a member of the Cowboys coaching staff and organization, I'm like, we lost to a third-string quarterback. And our franchise quarterback threw two picks deep in their end. And he only throws one of them. They probably have a chance winning, but he threw two of them. And that was the difference in the game. And you hate to pile on one player, but Dak put the team in an impossible position. So then, as you said, Dalton Schultz in that position to not think about getting your foot down. And then for Mike McCarthy to come up with that play, for, for, like someone could have got hurt. Let alone like that. they thought that was going to be successful. So for the uninitiated, here, for the for the uninitiated, sorry. and those who didn't see it, explain the no, no, no. Explain the last play, please. I can't. I'm still sick. Well, they they had offensive linemen wide. Ezekiel Elliott was uh, deemed ineligible because he's snapping the ball, and they had players. Every, I thought maybe they thought they were going to trick San Francisco's defense, who's been the best defense in the NFL all year. So why in that play they thought they could trick the 49ers defense, who were dominant all game and great all year? Oh, on that play, the 49ers wouldn't be able to defend it and lateral their way to the end zone. Well, I, why Mike McCarthy thought that was a, a good option and that was going to bamboozle the 49ers and, and confuse them, I do not know. I'll never understand that one. Well, when you aren't the best team, you need to or you see teams play tricks, gadget plays, that yeah. kind of thing, and try and fool the opposite. Clearly, they didn't think they were good enough to beat San Francisco man-on-man, man. and they're not. But, but, they're not, but they, did, they, they had a chance, though. The, their defense, I thought, did a great job. I mean, they held San Francisco to 19 points. What more do you want from the Cowboys' defense? But when you're throwing those two picks deep in San Francisco territory, knowing how well the 49ers defense plays, you can't recover from that. I mean, look, here's the Brock Purdy played a mistake-free game. Dak Prescott threw two picks. That's the game. Brock Purdy played the kind yeah. of football that the Cowboys needed Dak Prescott to play. He didn't have to be great. Just don't turn the ball over. Don't make mistakes. And he throws two picks deep in San Francisco territory. That's what you would have thought Brock Purdy, the third-string quarterback, would have done in that stage, but it was Dak that did it. Just from the viewers, Dan in Saskatoon writes since this morning, Rod, I just looked and saw Dak through another interception trying to throw his gear into the garbage just now. <laughs> Go Niners! Uh, Ted in Arizona says if Johnny Hockey didn't want to stay, why would you want him? Gio wanted to stay, and they let him go. Eh, we'll talk about that later. Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says, does Brett Maher make his way back to Canada, or has this postseason shattered his confidence in his career? Uh, Dan also says... Brett Maher's not I'm playing in the NFL again. You don't think so? Well, listen, yeah, I, stop. I, I, I don't see it. Nothing, nothing makes sense, period. Because from what I understand, Mike McCarthy's keeping his job in Dallas just because they won in round one in Tampa Bay in the wild card game. So Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. But here in Miami, well, the Dolphins fired the defensive coordinator, Josh Boyle, because why? You, your third string quarterback, couldn't win on the road in the playoffs? Uh, it makes, Josh Boyer, sorry, makes no sense to me who gets fired and who doesn't. Anyways, take it away. I, I okay, they're saying that about Mike McCarthy. Okay, but consider the Dallas Cowboys. Sean Payton lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, just consider a scenario where Jerry Jones and his son say, Sean, what would it take to coach the Dallas Cowboys? 
Now, if Sean comes up with a number and Jerry meets it and Jerry puts into writing in the contract, by the way, you'll have this, this, and this authority and I'll stay out of your way and you just win me games and get me back to the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy's tenure in Dallas would be short-lived. They're saying this right now, but I still, without question, Sean Payton's the wild card for all teams in the NFL right now looking for that one coach because they're looking at some of the options and looking at their failures and going, why couldn't Sean Payton do for our team what he did in New Orleans? Because we they don't forget how bad the Saints were when he showed up there and took over that team. Denver thinks they're going to get him. Houston thinks they're going to get him. And maybe Dallas will take a stab at him. But I'll tell you one thing. It was terrible that the Cowboys won three Super Bowls on Jerry Jones' watch in the early 90s because now he thinks he can do it again. And the difference is they had strong coaches then. Strong. Jimmy Johnson yeah. and Barry Switzer. And, and they left because they were challenged by Jerry. Uh, listen, I go to yeah. Jimmy Johnson's place here. He won't talk football, by the way. He'll only talk fishing. You want to talk fishing? He'll talk all day. You ask him about yeah. football, clams right up. Not interested. But that's the problem there is, Jerry. Everybody in Dallas knows it. But there were other games. Joe Burrow threw two touchdown passes. Cincinnati's defense swarmed Josh Allen on a snow-slick field. And the Bengals beat Buffalo 27-10 to to advance to their second straight AFC championship game. A lot of people had the Bengals winning that one, including me, and they did. And to be honest, they were barely touched from what I saw, Jim. Oh, I, as far as I'm concerned, that was Joe Burrow's finest hour. In those conditions, the, co the, the game plan put together by Zach Taylor and the Bengals coaching staff was phenomenal. Quick passes. You rarely saw Joe Burrow linger in the pocket. A lot of it was two, three, bang, the ball's out of his hands. And running the ball, the offensive and defensive line of the Bengals, complete domination on the line of scrimmage. That's about as perfect road playoff game as you can play for the Bengals. I mean, this is where you start looking at Joel Burrow and start thinking, He's not just a good or great. He's an elite, great quarterback. That good. And I, I'm not surprised at all they're back to the AFC Championship game. I thought once they started rolling, they were going to get rolling. But now they're going in to play the Chiefs on a 10-game winning streak coming off the game they played against the Bills where, quite frankly, the Bills, at no time did I think the Bills were going to get back into it. I mean, Joe Burrow and the Bengals dropped the hammer in the first quarter, and they never looked back. They just kept pounding and pounding that ball and pounding them on both sides of the football. And now they go in to play a Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes fighting a high ankle sprain. Now, Patrick Mahomes had the MRI, and the Chiefs are saying all the right things about his high ankle sprain. But if anyone has ever had that injury, that's not possible that he's going to be 100% healthy in seven days. Not possible. So he's going to be shot up and taped up, but he's not going to be the same mobile Patrick Mahomes that we're used to seeing. So that could be a big advantage for the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Uh, Andrew Stout um, in our audience says, the Cowboys coach is staying because the owner needs to have a coach he can control. Sean Payton would never go to Dallas as he wants control. That's what I was saying. Jerry doesn't want a coach that's strong. Mike McCarthy looks strong, but he ain't. Uh, Wayne and Victoria says, I'm surprised how easy Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat the Bills. Do you think it was easy? Like the Dolphins beat them here and almost beat them in the wild card game. Um, there's something about the Bills that I didn't trust all year long, to be honest with you. It, 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 I, we can't discount how completely traumatizing it was for what they went through with DeMar Hamlin. Like it, they were supposed to just 
okay, we didn't finish that game. Let's go back and play football and play the rest of the way. But losing Von Miller hurt them. They really could have used the pressure of Von Miller. And like, look at what he did for that team last year. And they just, a lot, now if, I, if I'm Sean McDermott and I'm the coaching staff and I'm management, I look at the way the Bengals completely manhandled them along both sides of the football, along the line of scrimmage. Like, we need to get bigger and tougher on the offensive-defensive line. But, you know, because they have a lot of talent on both sides of the football. And you, what the, the concern is, if you're a Bills fan, is you've got a special talent in Josh Allen. You've got Stephon Diggs. You've got, you've got a lot of offensive weapons. Don't waste it. Because what if the Jets do something radical in the offseason? What if they got Aaron Rodgers? What if, what if the Dolphins and the Patriots both bounce back? We're assuming that the Bills are going to win the division every year because of Josh Allen and the way the Bills are constituted. But there's no guarantees in the NFL, no guarantees in football. So that's why a lot of these losses really hurt. And, the, the, hey, the Bengals, the game plan they had, the Bills did not have an answer for it in the first half and put them in a hole they just couldn't get out of. And that's my concern for the Bills is they, they, they were getting punched and punched and punched and couldn't counterpunch. Uh, Saturday, hobbling along on an injured ankle, Patrick Mahomes threw for 195 yards and two touchdowns, leading the Kansas City Chiefs to a 27-20 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in a spot in their fifth straight AFC title game. As we now know, they will host Cincy next weekend. In Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts erased lingering doubts about the state of his right shoulder by throwing two touchdown passes and running for a score during a dominant first half. And Philadelphia overwhelmed the New York Giants 38-7 in an NFC divisional playoff game. So now now it's going to be the Eagles against the 49ers. Uh, any thoughts on that one before we move on to neutral site championship games? Have you? Have you? We got two minutes before I let you go. Okay, um, there was no contest with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. That was an absolute beating of all beatings. They were that good. But I think that the real star for the Chiefs was Chad Haney coming in and leading them in a yeah. 98-yard touchdown drive. That was the game right there because. You've got Patrick Mahomes out of the game. The Jaguars have to be thinking, my goodness, this is our golden opportunity. And Chad Haney led them on a 98-yard scoring drive. And that's the seven-point difference in the game. And, and as, as great as the Jags played down the stretch and everything that great that Doug Peterson did, that's a bitter lesson for the Jaguars to learn. And that's the coaching, um, Andy Reid, preparing everybody just in case, why you need a good backup quarterback. Because if Chad Haney doesn't do that, I'm not sure the Chiefs win that football game. That's what impressed me the most about the Kansas City Chiefs. And as we, we get ready, um, at, at least the, the good thing about the way everything has sh shaken out is we don't have to worry about neutral site games because of the fact that the Bengals are playing KC. The game's actually in Kansas City, which is, which is going to be nice. And then for Philadelphia, the 49ers, that defense, um, I don't worry about them. I wonder how Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense, how they're going to do on the road in Philadelphia in that hostile environment. This is where that acquisition, Christian McCaffrey, is really going to see if it's going to pay dividends. I think it's it's setting up for two great championship games with like four great teams. I mean, you look at the teams, the Final Four, Rod, it's not a great accident. They're the four of the elite teams of football, and they're the last four teams standing to see who will go to the Super Bowl. 
Next segment, we're going to turn it over to the viewers and then Brent Sopel in the last segment of Hour 1. Jim, thanks for pinch hitting, man. It again goes, but we get more time and it still goes fast. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the football. Thank you. Enjoy. Take care, guys. All right. Can Canada's foremost NFL expert, Jim Clubberlang. When we come back, a sports update and all of your thoughts on what we've been talking about so far. Brent Sopel and John Ryan, Super Bowl champion of the Seahawks, coming up. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 99.1 WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, uh, indeed, I got my segment screwed up. So next segment, we'll do the sports update and viewer takeover because we're going to bring in now to analyze the Bruce Boudreaux situation, the number one topic of the NHL. Stanley Cup champion with Chicago Blackhawks and a proud Vancouver Canucks alum, Brent Sopel. Proud dumb alum, a dumb dub alum, too. Brent, when I say proud alum, you're still proud alum of the Vancouver Canucks, correct? Despite what's going on? Absolutely. They they, uh, they took a chance and drafted me, so there's a reason why I played in the NHL. So uh, I'm a proud uh, but disappointed by uh, by their actions, for sure. Well, okay, thank you, because you've been writing into our feeds with your thoughts on this, and I'm like, well, let's bring Soaps on the air and let him give his thoughts. Uh, you've... What is your take on what's gone down here with Bruce Boudreaux in the last couple of weeks? Well, Bruce Boudreaux, you know, been in the game a long time, like 40 some years. Um, there's only 32 jobs, coaching jobs in the NHL. You deserve the respect. And what Jim Rutherford do, did and has done for, since training camp, I think he came out in training camp and said it was the worst training camp ever. Okay, if it is, you don't go public with that. You have a meeting with your coach. You know, so him to sit up there, um, one, treat Bruce the way he did, two, sitting there lying, oh, I was too honest with the media. No, you weren't. You've won, like, four or five Stanley Cups. That was gutless. Um, Jim Rutherford is, you know, and uh, you know, Patrick Calvin, what they did it is probably one of the most uh, gutless things I've seen done in hockey in a long, long time, and it goes to your fan base, but I can tell you every single one of those players on that Vancouver Canucks, why would they want to play for that team anymore? Well, for sure. And when you wrote in to us earlier, well, to me, and you said this started in training camp, I didn't really know what you meant. So I was hoping that you would come on and explain it. And you just did. And Rutherford apologized on Sunday, but he didn't apologize. He apologized for getting caught lining up his next head coach. Do you think this all has to do with just simply Boudreaux isn't his guy? Yeah, you're always not if if you're not brought in by uh, the GM, you're you're never that guy. So, you know we you know we knew that uh, it was a sticky situation coming into it. Um, I think it comes down to ownership didn't want to pay three coaches. No problem at all. I understand. Nobody wants to be paying three guys not to coach. Um, but you just don't put it in public. Like you know, you think Paul Horvath, if they offered him the, fan, the the world, would they want to come back? Absolutely not. This is how you run your organization now. Um, it's tainted, tainted the brand. Uh, you know, the alumni, uh, that whole team. 
No, you, you know, you got uh, your best player, uh, Pedersen. You got to resign him because he want to come back. Does he want, you know, why would you want to come back? And that's how you treat um, your coach and your players. There was, there's no respect. So um, they've got a very sticky situation moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting, too. In Rutherford's apology, he said, well, I've had friends call me and say this has been overplayed in the media. You're still not apologizing. And you're not realizing you did anything wrong. So moving forward, looking ahead to the Rick Tockett thing, do you think that he can be successful in this environment? Well, and first off, you know, Rick Tockett had nothing to do with this. You know, the job was offered to him, um, so he took it. So he's got nothing to do with it. So fans, you, you can't be down on him. You know, um, Jim Rutherford didn't apologize. <laughs> you know, he got too caught up into it. You know, it's been months and months. Just be a man. And if he's, and that's what the problem is, you know, in this or in, in the hockey world. All right, you know what? I made a mistake not try and cover it up and you dig yourself deeper. So Rick Target, can he be successful? I think short term he can be successful. Um, from what I know, you know, um, I think getting losing your captain and you picked uh, Miller, who, you know, I don't think by some of his actions, he's not, you know, not playing for that team. You know, you picked uh, individuals over team by signing him. You know, uh, you take a look at, uh, I think that night in Winnipeg when he's slapping in the back of the net uh, for Delia to come out of the net. That's not, that's not how a leader leads. That's not what you do. And Jim Rutherford is a leader, and look how he's lead, and look who's following it. So um, Rick Talk can be successful short term. Yeah, it's who they're going to bring. Uh, are they going to trade Horvath? What can they get for him? You know, right now it's, uh, uh, I don't see a long future ahead because you win from the top down in organization. And right now, Jim Rutherford um, is not leading from the top and he's tarnished that so much. It's, it's gonna be a long rebuild. Well, you were in Chicago for the rise. You left before the fall, <laughs> like you've been around this. So how do you, how do you, if you're Vancouver, how do you change it? Again, you know, he dug himself deeper. Why? Why wouldn't you just come out and apologize? You know, not not. I, you know, I was too honest with him. No, no, there's a lie. And and, and Vancouver can. We're all hockey fans. You, you you think we're dumb? You think every one of your fans are dumb, right? You know, Chicago did the same thing. Uh, here, you know, here in Chicago, uh, you know, instead of saying, "Hey, we won three Stanley Cups," you know, we had to give up some good uh, assets. Um, we want to win again. Uh, you know, they just lie. Um, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Uh, honesty in certain situations, especially when you know the game. And Vancouver Canucks fans know the game. Canadians know the game. Um, he put himself uh, deep in, you know, deep in a hole. You know, he was in Carolina where nobody understood it, so he could get away with it. You know, Pittsburgh a little bit more, but yeah vancouver canuck fans you know i love you you guys booed me hated me but um i i feel sorry for uh each and every one of you uh you know right now with who you have running it but you know uh, give rock rick talkett obviously uh a chance because he you know he's kind of caught in this but he had nothing to do with anything that's gone on 
Great comments here. Rich in Edmonton says Sopel was a beast on the Canucks blue line from T. Will in Winnipeg. He says, I think it's pretty obvious that, uh, obvious that Rutherford feels his job is in jeopardy. He was hoping Boudreau would eat the blame. Um, Andrew in Montreal says, regarding your time with the Habs, he goes, what does Brent think of the organization of Montreal right now? You know, obviously Montreal uh, made, you know, made some change. They, they've gone, they're going to re on the rebuild. Great for them. You know, they came out, uh, got rid of, got some new jam, new blood, and they've, they've admitted to it. They've not tried to cover it up. So uh, Marty St. Louis, uh, I think he's done a great job. I think it was a perfect hire uh, to come in and work there. Obviously, they got uh, Kirby Doc. Um, you know, they got some young players that are going to build around. I, I like where the future's going for them. Um, obviously, it's a long rebuild. They're honest with their fans, and I really think that's uh, that's the biggest thing right now is is honesty. You can't rush this game. You can't rush young players. Uh, you've got to put them out there to make the mistakes. You can show them video all you want. So, you know, right now I think Montreal Canadiens are in a very very good situation. Yeah, I think they're going to be very good. Brent, we've packed a lot in a short time. Always good to see your face. I appreciate you always uh, finding time for us, man. So enjoy the hockey and all the best uh, here in 2023. Look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> little Canadian candy up here in the U.S., some Smarties. I was, I was going to say, what, how did you get that? You must have been on a road trip or something. And I was thinking of the a Medicine little, Hat little, Arena, the old Smarty box. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks, Brent. Uh, Broncos and Blades alum, too, and Stanley Cup champion Brent Sopel. Coming right back with all your comments. You got a lot of them, I see. And a sports update, too. It's the RP Show on Game Plus Television. We are on television in Prairie City, Illinois, by the way, because we get uh, mail from there. And Chicago on Game Plus. Check your cable provider if you don't get it. YouTube Live and 99.1 WQEE Radio. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's the final segment of Hour One. I'm smiling because I just saw the comment come in from John Ohm. Ohm, he says, just landed in Toronto. You gotta love the guy that turns his phone on and goes immediately to the show. Um... I will get to the sports update because I really want to. But you guys are loving the hockey talk today and gals. Jake Hughes, big Canucks fan, uh, wants to thank Brent Sopel for coming on in his comments and says, how can anyone even defend the Vancouver Canucks right now? Jim Rutherford basically said that the media was to blame for the way they dealt with Bruce. Blame, blame, blame. What do they say? What did John Dutton say in Yellowstone? Just learn to blame and complain. From Kevin, the medium, as a lifelong Canucks fan, this is embarrassing. I started watching in 1970. I have never been more embarrassed of this organization. And uh, Jeff in Winnipeg, interesting. This comment's coming in here about Trevor Linden. Jeff in Winnipeg says, Trevor Linden, I think, left because of not getting say in the team. I could be wrong. There's a back and forth going in on the... This stuff happens, man. I, I talk about the Flames. Uh, Lanny McDonald left the Flames for 12 years. I talked to Lanny about it. Now he's back. 
sometimes, I think that's why Linden left. He didn't like the direction of the team. It's why Lanny left. Now he's back, and one day Linden will come back. But I guess the train hasn't fully gone off the tracks. And there's a scary thought if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan right there. Um, a lot of football talk, too. That'll carry it over into hour two. The Moose will be with us then. And John Ryan, too. Very excited to chat with John Ryan, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks, former Green Bay Packer, and quite a few seasons in the CFL. He's retired now. Let's see what he's up to. From the dub in Winnipeg Sunday, Zach Astapchuk had a goal and a helper. Zach Benson had two assists, and Mason Bopit stopped all 20 shots. He faces the Winnipeg Ice crush to visiting Moose Jaw Warriors 6 nothing. How about this? All the players are named Zach now. In the 90s, when I got into the WHL, everybody was named Shane. Shane Toporowski, Shane Willis, Shane Zeleniak, Shane, Shane, Shane. Now with Zach is the cool thing. In Edmonton, Nate Danielson and Ryland Roarsma scored first period goals and the visiting Brandon Wheat Kings held on for a 2-0 victory over the Edmonton Oil Kings. In Calgary, Sean Shigurl scored a goal and added an assist as the Hitman defeated the visiting Red Deer Rebels 4-2. In Medicine Hat, Josh Davies scored at 129 of overtime as the Swift Current Broncos edged the host Medicine Hat Tigers 4-3. And in Kelowna, the visiting Victoria Royals scored thrice in the first period, then coasted to a 5-1 victory over the Rockets. And from the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is expected to play in Sunday's AFC Championship game against Cincinnati, despite suffering a high ankle sprain in Casey's divisional playoff win over Jacksonville. Star quarterback was hurt in the first quarter of Sunday, Saturday's game. Philadelphia will meet San Fran for the NFC crown. This sports update for Landmark Cinemas, Babylon is in theaters now. From Damien Chazelle, Babylon is an original epic set in 1920s Los Angeles led by Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Diego Calva. In theaters now, Babylon. Last minute of play in hour one. Holy smokes, did we cover a lot, and we're going to roll it over into hour two. Uh, get your comments ready. There was the guy writing in here earlier, and I didn't get to it, Dan Asham. I'll carry it over. We're very big in Winnipeg. He asked if I thought the Winnipeg Jets can get to round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Brother, I think they're going to go to the Stanley Cup final. Why would we not think that? Dallas Cowboys, a forgettable ending last night in San Francisco. David's watching in Winnipeg, and he says, Jerry Jones' ego is bigger than his stadium. He'd rather throw his multi-billion dollar baby out with a bathwater than relinquish any control. Go Niners! Hockey, football, football, hockey. Brooke Henderson all coming up in hour two after this brief pause on Game Plus at WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.